This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec, the podcast that keeps you updated and educated. Hello and welcome to Tech Guide, episode 553. Great to have your company once again. Thank you for joining me. My name is Stephen Fennec and I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. On this week's show, the dramas have already started with the Netflix password sharing crackdown. Samsung has launched a new digital key to unlock and start your car with a Galaxy smartphone and Sony has unveiled a new portable gaming device. In the Tech Guide reviews, we take a look at the JBL Tour Pro 2 earphones. The smart case has a display built in. Asus has unveiled its OLED laptop range, and the Backbone One PlayStation Edition is finally available for Android users. And we'll also answer all of your tech questions in the Tech Guide Help Desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, the company that keeps you connected, and Norton, the company that keeps you protected. Okay, so let's recap on the Netflix saga. It was first uh, brought up back in February that the password crackdown was on the horizon. And that horizon has now arrived on our shores because the crackdown has begun on the on sharing passwords outside of your household here in Australia. It's already been happening in New Zealand and other countries. It is also the other countries, including, by the way, Canada, Portugal, Spain. Australia is now running through this and it is about to drop in the U.S., and I think that is where the most chaos will be seen. The dramas have already started here, though. People are receiving emails about their accounts and what they can do. Now, the email points out the fact that you can, for $7.99 a month, support a person outside your household and allow them to continue to access your account outside the household. They only allow up to two people to do that. So you, that's an extra, potentially an extra $16 a month. The other option is the person outside your household start exporting or exporting their profile and creating their own account. So all their favorite shows and recommendations will be, will be exported to, in their own, to their own account if they choose to create their own account. So that's the lie of the land. We've already heard there was one, a good friend got in touch and explained an experience that he had with this new setup. And he, like me, and like 41% of Australians, according to a survey in Finder, 41% of Australians share their Netflix passwords. And Netflix once tweeted that very thing. I'm going to talk more about what Prime Video they, they've they've uh, they've given Netflix a bit of a raz uh, after this these actions. Prime Video actually retweeted something that Netflix tweeted, and that was "Love is sharing a password." That's what Netflix tweeted. Now that love comes at a cost because Netflix want more money from you. 
They want more users. This is the whole idea, the whole the the goal of this whole operation is to get more cash, raise the number of users. This is what they're doing. I know there's a few people who've reacted and have left the platform. But uh, getting back to what my friend said, he told me that he when he fired up his Netflix account, there was a, a question that appeared asking whether this was their primary residence. And of course, he clicked yes. Problem is that his other, his other, let's call them dependents, the people using his password, they too were asked that question. Is this your primary residence? And of course you're going to say yes. This is where you live. Of course it's your primary residence. And so the people outside of his account, outside his home, have clicked that as well, and now control of the account now lies with those people, rather than him who he's paying the bill. And a few people have mentioned this to me already. So the same thing's happening to them. So they're they're losing the centralized location of their household. So Netflix is assuming now that. The, the main household is outside, is, is with the, the people that they're sharing their password with. I'm sure they're not the Lone Rangers here. There's other dramas that are happening as well. And uh, people are, are getting in touch with me. Not, not, the, the sentiment here is that they're not happy, and neither am I. I. I think that what Netflix needed to do was to create a little bit more, uh, another tier or two to allow people who whose family has moved out of home or they've got a, a, a maybe a person they're sharing their password with, we need to allow another, uh, give them room to downgrade their account. If At the moment, if you want to watch 4K on Netflix, you only have one choice, which is the top tier account. It's about 25 bucks a month. And that gives you 4K and four screens within the same household that you can view. Now, I'm pretty sure that a lot of you listening right now probably don't have four other people living in your home. You might be you might be empty nesters. You might be just a, a couple. You might be a, a, a living by yourself. You don't need four screens if you want to watch 4K. So that this is how Netflix get you again. If you want to watch 4K, you got to pay full freight and there's four screens going to waste. You can't share your password, and so that's a waste. Now, what was happening in the past was people were putting their money together, like students and people like that who were getting the top tier, all chipping in, all using the password wherever they happen to live. Now, those people either have to pony up with the extra eight bucks a month to support those extra people, but it's just too messy. There's more than two people living out there if they want to have their own account, for them to see 4K, they're going to have to pay $25 a month. So there's no plan to get 4K on less less screens at the same time. Now, my parents are a good example. My parents, who use my brother's password, they all they watch Netflix together. They need one screen with 4K. Do you think there's a plan for that? Of course not. If they want to watch HD or they want to watch it with ads, they're the other options. And you know how many people – you can't not buy a 4K TV today. You go out in the stores today, 
There's you can't not buy a 4K TV. Everyone has a 4K TV, and yet Netflix are going to make you pay for the top tier for their 4K plan, which I think is ridiculous. They should have a, a two-screen 4K plan, make it three or four bucks cheaper than the top plan. Give, make, give us some room to move. You're going to do this. You're going to pull this crap on us, the password sharing, but you're not budging anywhere else. So it's it's all it's your way or the highway, it looks, and a lot of people are taking the highway. Now, Prime came up with a – I mentioned earlier – they gave Netflix, they threw them a bit of shade on Twitter. I love this. Love it. They retweeted the tweet I mentioned earlier. Netflix tweeted, would you believe, these geniuses tweeted, love is sharing a password. Prime retweeted that with their own little image. Now, anyone, anyone who's got Prime Video, which, by the way, is probably the best value streaming platform you can buy, you can pay for, and... It also throws in prime prime one-day delivery if you order anything through Amazon. So bang for your buck, Prime Video is where you want to go. If you want to give Netflix the heave-ho, Prime Video is where to go. But anyone with Prime Video, whenever you fire up the app, it comes up with the who's watching screen. So what Prime Video has done is doctored up the screen and it says who's watching. And rather there being a name underneath each icon – Instead of the names, the words have been replaced. So it says, who's watching? And now it says, everyone who has our password. Which is, I think, a solid middle finger to Netflix, if you ask me. And you know what? That indicates also that Prime isn't hasn't any plans on doing the same, pulling the same garbage that Netflix is pulling on us. No word from Disney+. Plus. We don't know what Stan and all these other these other streaming platforms are doing, but if I was the CEO of Disney Plus or Stan, I would do a similar thing to what Prime has done to show people that Netflix is the big bad wolf and we're not going to do what Netflix has done. We're going to keep you as we want to keep you as a customer. We're going to give you what you pay for. And I believe Netflix, I'm paying my money. It's not like I'm stealing content. I'm paying my money but yet you're telling me where I can watch this service? And and the, the other complication here is when people travel. I've heard from, from couples who spend summer in Sydney and then they go up the coast for another few months. They're in a panic thinking, how the hell are we going to watch Netflix now? They don't know where we live. They're going to think we can only, we're living in one place. It's just not realistic. A lot, a lot of the grey nomads who are out there paying their money for Netflix – how is that going to be sorted out? How is that going to work for those people? I even had people asking about the Netflix account that they use in their Tesla, which applies to me as well. My understanding is that won't be affected. You, you can still drive anywhere with your Tesla and watch Netflix while you're charging. So there's all these little wrinkles that have to be ironed out before this moves on. We're going to be talking about this for weeks to come. And it's just a mess of Netflix's own creation. And I think what's going to happen, they've seen from these other countries what tends to happen. There's a bit of a drop in the number of people who subscribe. Some resubscribe, some create their own accounts, some quit, some pay the extra cash to keep those, those people on their accounts outside the household. But for a company that made 31, more than 31 billion US dollars last year, 
I thought that have just a little bit more respect for their customers and to give them a little bit more freedom to use their account as they see fit. If you want to hear my musings about Netflix, you can, or read about it, I should say, our stories are at techguide.com.au. Keeping you updated and educated. Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. Well, Samsung has come up with a brand new digital key for their digital wallet, for the Samsung wallet. And what the digital key, as like a regular car key would do, this can unlock and lock your car and also start your car. So yet another thing your smartphone could replace. Now, I know Apple has been floating this for quite a while. No, I think think BMW was the first car company. And funny enough, BMW will be the first with the Samsung digital, digital key. That's part of Samsung Wallet. So this offers a fair amount of convenience when you think about it. So all you need to do is if you've got your phone in your pocket, all you have to do is just walk up to the car. You don't have to tap it or anything. Just walk up to the car. It'll sense the digital key in your phone and open up open up your car. Now, I do that with – I've got my Tesla fob in my pocket, and uh, I just walk up to the car and it opens. A lot of other Tesla Model 3 and Model Y drivers – also use their phone as their key, and it just involves the same thing where they walk up to the car. But not, but not every car is a Tesla. So BMW has decided that teaming up with Samsung, as as will other brands. I've heard Mercedes Benz are thinking about doing the same thing. So this this will will be a feature you can, that's going to be a lot more common in the years ahead. So your smartphone being literally the key to your car for you to unlock it and start it, and then lock it again when you arrive where you need to go. Now, what the the digital key does, it, it uses NFC, which is near field communication, and ultra wideband capabilities. So this means that it can read, it can read the chip, it can read, uh, the, use the NFC to know that you're near the door, and then unlock it. Uh, and the digital key will be found within the Samsung wallet, uh, as, as as with all their other with all their other things and credit cards and various things. And once they're in the vehicle, what you need to do is to place the phone on the wireless charging pad to start the engine. This is where the digital keys are recognized and authenticated. So you do that anyway. You would put your phone on the charging pad. And this is the process then for it. It says, right, we know who you are and we've authenticated your digital key on your device and your engine will start and you're ready to go. Now, you do need to have Android 13 or later on a compatible Galaxy device. I've listed, I've got the full list of the compatible devices on my story, and we're talking Galaxy S20 series, the Note 20 series, the Galaxy S21 series, S22, S23, and the Z Flip and the Z Fold devices. So basically, the flagship Samsung devices from the last four to five years four years it will work with uh, with the digital key and of course the car has to be compatible with it as well it's not just any old car these partnerships are going to be formed with already we saw as i said with bmw mercedes-benz is talking and no doubt others will follow samsung is the world's number one smartphone manufacturer so naturally a car company would want to partner with with samsung so their vehicle works with the many devices that are out in the community uh, Samsung devices that are used by potentially 
a lot of their existing customers and potential future customers as well. As I mentioned, Apple has has been at this for a little while with their their digital key, and the the car companies are slowly starting to come on board. So again, yet another thing that your digital wallet, your smartphone can do. So you don't need to carry around credit cards. You don't need to carry a camera. You don't need to carry various other things. Now you can leave your car keys at home. We're just going to have a smartphone on us. No, no, nothing else. It is, we are moving in that direction, aren't we? You want to hear more? I should say see more. Why am I saying hear more? Read all about it. You go to techguide.com.au if you want to find out more about the Samsung digital key. You can read it all at techguide.com.au. Now, Sony has unveiled a new portable gaming device. Now, this happened last week during the PlayStation Showcase. This is where they not only reveal games, but in this case, some new hardware that is is, uh, apparently heading our way will be in stores before the end of the year. Now, the device... The only name they've given the this the portable device is Project Q. And the idea behind it is for you to stream your PlayStation 5 games. So you think about this this uh, for a moment. At the, the from what I can tell, this is meant to be used at home. So say you want to play your PlayStation and your mum's watching the Housewives of Beverly Hills or your wife is watching the Housewives of whoever and you want to still play the PlayStation, you're going to have to use the, the Project Q to stream from the, the console to the device. Now, the device has a decent-sized screen, 8-inch full HD screen. It looks like, right, for, there's pictures of it on Tech Guide, but... Imagine getting a dual sense controller and sawing it in half and then putting an eight inch tablet in the middle. So you separate the halves, put an eight inch tablet in the middle, super glue the ends of the controller back on the edges of the tablet. And that's what the, the Project Q device looks like. It will be amazing. I'm hoping that it's out before the end of the year and that I get hold of one. But the the concern here is that you can only use it in your home streaming from your PlayStation 5. Whereas I think a lot of people would think, well, I want to take this out of my house and play games wherever I want. So hoping that at the moment it's only to be used to be streaming over Wi-Fi, but I'd love it if this would be able to hook into Wi-Fi or maybe you can maybe link it up to your smartphone to get a connection and you can play on the move. Wouldn't that be great? Imagine playing Call of Duty on the train on the way to work from your PlayStation 5, the PlayStation 5 version, wherever you want. That's amazing. At the moment, it's only to stream games from the console in your home. But there's a lot of people are hoping that the device will be able to stream games from online gaming services. So uh, wouldn't that be cool? As I said, 8-inch full HD display. Uh, and is the it, it has similar look and feel to the DualSense wireless controller. No uh, info on the pricing, no info on the launch date, but I would put this, if it is going to be out by the end of the year, maybe an early December release, just in time for Christmas, 
and I'm sure a lot of people would love this under the Christmas tree. It's only known as Project Q. I'm sure they're going to come up with a cute name for it. And you know what? Don't forget PlayStation, no stranger to portable gaming devices. Do you remember the PlayStation Portable? I remember that launch. That was a huge deal. And then they followed that up with the PS Vita. Now, these have all gone by the wayside, but time to maybe revisit the portable gaming device. Well, this one in particular, Project Q, and give it give it the potential to not only serve you in the home, but also allow you to play your games outside the home. We're already seeing the Nintendo Switch is killing it with their device. The ROG from uh, ROG Ally, Republic of Gamers Ally from Azus, also coming in mid-June. That's a, basically a Windows 11 computer with a gaming controller around it. So there is a lot of competition already, but PlayStation carries a lot of authority. If they get out into this space, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of customers who are going to say, just take my money. If you want to see the Project Q device and read our story, you can find it at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Netgear. They're Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. If your home demands superior Wi-Fi, treat it with a masterpiece in connectivity. Bring your Wi-Fi up to speed with Orbi Wi-Fi 6E from Netgear. Orbi Wi-Fi 6E is the first and only Wi-Fi 6 quad band whole home mesh system opening an exclusive all-new 6 gigahertz superhighway that's fine-tuned to deliver unprecedented Wi-Fi speeds and smoother streaming simultaneously across the smart homes of today and tomorrow. It's Wi-Fi perfectly engineered. Wi-Fi 6E, the fastest Wi-Fi ever. Find out more at netgear.com.au forward slash best Wi-Fi. And now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennec. We're talking audio now for our review is, uh, this week. We're going to kick it off with the JBL Tour Pro 2, Tour Pro 2 earphones. And these earphones with a difference. Well, actually, the earphones themselves aren't too different. It's the case that's really going to catch your eye. The case has its own display yes has its own touchscreen the charging case which you normally just keep in your pocket the jbl tour pro 2 charging case has a 1.45 inch screen which allows you to scroll through 10 different screens to do things like control your volume your ambient sound settings turn on and off active noise cancellation set timers access your equalizer does it all and is right there in your hand. So it really adds a layer of convenience and an extra layer of control to the whole experience. And it, this comes at a time when wireless earphones are starting to look like one another. They're pretty hard to distinguish. Yep, they're wireless. They've got a charging case. Pretty much everyone looks the same. The only difference is the brands and listening to my reviews about which is better than which and it's it's up to it's a pretty it's a samey sort of choice among all the devices but the tour pro 2 absolutely stands out from the crowd because of this amazing smart case but before we talk more about that let's talk about the actual earphones themselves which are brilliant they're pretty compact they fit securely in your ears, small twist and boom there there's pretty secure there's a tiny little stalk that comes out about a about a centimetre from your ears. 
And this actually helps not only with the stability of the earphones, but also provides good microphones for calls and for your active noise cancellation, which I'll get to in a sec. The panels of the Storks are also touch controls. So you can you can play and pause your music. You can toggle between your active noise cancellation and ambient aware and all these other ones. And the sound quality, typical JB, JBL, sensational. Amazing sound. And they offer spatial sound as well. So not just, not just left and right. It's, there's channels everywhere, coming from everywhere. A lot of crisp detail, but you know what else? Solid bass as well. I think that is really puts the full stop on that sentence when you're listening. Really good listening experience. It sounds amazing. Take my word for it. The JBL have always been really good. One of the best. And these are as good, if not better, than their cheaper models. Of course, this is a flagship price device. They're $329.95. So you're expecting solid quality, and that's what you get. They have true adaptive noise cancellation with smart ambient. So the, there's four microphones that can sense your the ambient sound around you and adjust the noise cancellation level to suit. And you know, whether you might be next to a, a noisy road or in a, in a shopping center, wherever, it does adjust the level of noise cancellation, which which actually helps. If there's no hardly any noise around you, it's doing less work and thereby extending your battery slightly. So always a good feature right there. During calls as well, I mentioned calls. I made a few calls wearing the JBL Tour Pro 2s and the person at the other end didn't know I was on a pair of earphones. They thought I was just talking directly into my phone. Now I did pair these to the Samsung Galaxy S23 Ultra, which I've been using for a few weeks. And uh, they, of course, pair with other devices, including the iPhone. And uh, we, if you do pair it, though, through Android, it does have that similar to what the AirPods have when you open it up near an iPhone. It does recognize it, makes the connection a lot easier. All right, let's talk about that amazing case now. The case, 1.45-inch color display. And as I said, 10 screens, to so you can control playback. You can control the volume, switch between listening modes, change the equalizer modes, set a timer, adjust the spatial sound. You can adjust the screen brightness of the of the thing, of the case itself. Change the wallpaper of the screen as well and also turn on and adjust voice aware and also set up auto play and pause. And this is all without touching your device or an app on the device. So really the charging case becomes a little remote control that you can easily access through that little display. All of those things there. And all, at all times as well, you're able to see the charge level of the left and right earbuds and the case itself. That's frustrating because uh, that's frustrating when you can't see that because typically you need to get into the app to know the battery level. I've got other brands of smart of earphones and I've got to dive in the app, find the app, connect it, look at my battery level, and that's how I find out I don't have enough battery. But the JBL tells you all the time through that the smart charging case as well. One little thing I noticed, one little wrinkle that I noticed was on the screen that I can I was toggling between aware and A and C, active noise cancellation. And when I made my selection, I put the case back in my pocket without locking the screen. And I think it's it toggled to another mode while it was in my pocket. So I don't think, what can you call that? Not a pocket dial, a pocket switch, let's call it. But um, I 
I realized that the easy thing to do is uh, you what what I did is open the case lid and close it again, and that blanks the screen out. So when you when you do want to use it again, you there is actually a swipe to unlock uh, screen on there as well. So it doesn't just unlock and let you accidentally touch the feet, touch the controls. You got to swipe it to the right to unlock it. But in this instance, I had made the change and put it in my pocket, and it changed in my pocket. But you know, I've never have that issue ever again because I realized what I did. Now you can still use the JBL app as well. By the way, you can do things like check the fit of the earphones. They do have a test that checks if it fits and the seals right. Uh, you can also select your. You can find your earbuds too. If you lose the case or one of your earbuds, you can use the app to find it, and you can also choose your voice assistant through the app as well. The the app will also be able to facilitate a, any firmware upgrades as well in, in the near future. Speaking of which, there will be one in the coming months that will have a five Bluetooth 5.3 upgrade. So that means that even more stable and secure connection between your device and the case and also the earphones. So that's all coming up. Battery-wise, eight hours of listening time with active noise cancellation, 10 hours with ANC off, would you believe? 40 hours with a completely charged case in total. The case takes, if it's really drained, takes two hours to fully recharge. The JBL Tour Pro, priced at $329.95. It's available now. And I think, look, apart from being the best sounding earphones, one of the best sounding earphones that you can buy right now, I really rate them. That smart charging case is really going to move the needle. I think that extra layer of control and convenience will make them even more appealing to anyone who appreciates great audio quality. Anyone who's in the market that are looking at the same sort of earphones, this is definitely going to stand out from the crowd. If you want to read our complete review, it's at techguide.com.au. Alrighty, let's switch gears now, switch products. We're going from earphones to laptops. And who doesn't like a laptop, especially a laptop with an OLED display? And that's exactly what ASUS is providing with its 2023 lifestyle laptop lineup. Do you like that alliteration? Lifestyle laptop lineup. The OLED displays on these, I've got to say, I went down to have a look at them. They had a little launch event down at the... Uh, uh, down at Bullamaloo, I can't remember the name of the hotel now, but it was uh, really impressive. Their, their whole lineup. There's this the the OLED displays. The the lifestyle range is there's three sections to the range. There's the Vivo books, there's the Zen books, and there's the Studio books. And they've got OLED all the way through. So just just to tell you how far they've come with OLED, they are the number one OLED laptop brand, by the way. So uh, in the market of OLED laptops, ASUS, number one. But they've really come a long way. In 2021, they had three models with an OLED display. In 2023, there are 24. So they're really putting the wood behind the arrow here and providing these amazing screens. The the OLEDs uh, are really they, they're using what they, they use Lumina OLED technology is what they call it, and we're talking like displaying better contrast, better color, billions of shades of color, amazing amazing quality. But on top of that, here's the thing: what they're also doing is also 
offering eye care support. So what they're doing, they're reducing the blue your blue light exposure. And so, so without taking anything away from the brightness and the quality of the screen, they are reducing your exposure to blue light. Uh, they've also the, the the color accuracy is there thanks to the Panatone Pantone validated and factory calibrated displays. So you're talking OLEDs that have true HDR true black certification. So to create the best viewing experience, whether you're just watching your entertainment or editing a video editing a photograph, you want it to be true to life. The Vivo Book is the entry-level OLED tech. This is designed for your everyday tasks. So you, you create a bit of content, meet all the, your computing needs. The Vivo Book is the, is the one to get. The highlight of the range is the 15X OLED. The M3504 is the model number. It's got a 2.8K OLED display, 15-inch, 16 by 9 aspect ratio, it starts at $1,399. That's 15-inch OLED screen for, for under $1,400. That's pretty cool. The ZenBook is the next step up. And this is for the customer who wants the performance, but also the design. They're, they're, they're pretty, pretty sexy-looking laptops, these ones, including their new S13 OLED, which is as skinny as a supermodel, this thing. It is one less than one centimeter thick, Less than one kilogram in weight as well. It's the world's slimmest 13-inch OLED laptop, the S13. That is the standout of the ZenBook range, and that's actually the one I would like to receive to review because it is really thin. You could slide this under a door. It's so thin. I love it. It has a 16 by 10 2.8K screen. It uses that Lumina OLED display technology, which is Dolby Vision certified as well, and Pantone color validated. Starts at two thousand and ninety-nine bucks. So you do actually—it's funny that you're paying more for less. You're paying more money for a much thinner and lighter computer. But that's how it goes. That's how it goes in the in the uh, in the A grade there. The Asus Studio Book—that is the top of the line. This is for the ultimate laptop for creative professionals. You're talking photographers designers, animators, engineers, architects, you name it, this would be the laptop that they use. Now, the flagship, which I already saw at the Consumer Electronics Show back in January, was the 16, the StudioBook 16 3D OLED. That's the first OLED mobile workstation with glasses-free 3D OLED displays. 3.2K resolution, 120 hertz refresh rate, 3D without glasses. There is a there is a link to my story I wrote back in January and a video that I did as well. It is remarkable. It's it's amazing quality. I've seen plenty of glassless 3D over the years in both for, for mainly for televisions. And unless you're sitting in the plum spot, even then, it was rubbish. But the Asus has really done a great job here. So how it does this? There's a camera. There's two cameras, one of the, each one trained on one of your eyes. And so what it does, it responds with this interlaced signal on the screen that is imitating real life. So when you're walking around in the world, your left eye is sort of bringing in light and your right eye is bringing in light and your brain puts it together for this three-dimensional thing that you see in front of you. So Azus is actually doing that through two, two cameras 
that are imitating that. So giving you left and right interlacing them, making your brain think you're looking at 3D and it works. It's amazing. I did see some like like a design. Like I did see there was like a jet engine that you could you could uh, zoom in on and turn around and it's 3D. It's amazing. And, and I was watching Avatar on it as well. Uh, really incredible stuff. So there you go. Asus has a pretty solid lineup of laptops, especially their OLED laptops, which I'm really looking forward to getting my hands on um, and and reviewing and talking about it on the show in the coming weeks. But in the meantime, if you want to check out the range for yourself, I've gone over that at techguide.com.au. Now, Backbone, that's a, a brand that gamers recognize, and they were pretty gamer-heavy. We just spoke about Project Q earlier, and there is a similar PlayStation story to talk about here. But in this case, the Backbone 1 PlayStation Edition. We spoke about the iPhone version. That was made first. Android users, not happy. But guess what? The Android version is available to order now. It's coming out on July 6. Price at $179, the same price as the iPhone model. But now Android users can enjoy their gaming on the move. And this, the PlayStation Edition, it's called that because it looks like a PlayStation controller. looks like the DualSense controller. The, and right down to the button designs, the color and the material and the finish. And these even the controller, right, the transparent face buttons, the iconic symbols, uh, the, the floating appearance of the directional pad. It's all there. And if you've got an Android phone, you can now enjoy this as well. So what you do is when you download the PS Remote Play app, you can uh, it will be recognized as a DualSense controller so, uh, with your Android phone on board. And then you can play your favorite PS4 and PS5 games anywhere on your Android smartphone. This is great because Android smartphones tend to have larger screens. They're, they're big screen devices. I know there's a lot of iPhones from 6.1 and only 6.8, but... This the Android screen sizes are pretty varied, and there are they do tend on the larger side as well. So I think gamers uh, with Android devices are going to really enjoy this one. And of course, the device itself, the PlayStation, the Backbone One PlayStation Edition, draws its power from the Android smartphone that it's connected to. So no need to charge this thing either. So no, not no need to grab it and go. Oh damn it! I didn't charge it. I need to charge it. It doesn't need that. It gets the charge from the Android smartphone that it's connected to. The Backbone One PlayStation Edition for Android, uh, you can pre-order it now through JB Hi-Fi, EB Games, Big W, and The Gamesman. It's uh, $179, goes on sale July 6. So Android users finally getting something that iPhone users had. It's going to be available, as I said, July 6. If you want to take a closer look at it, check it out at techguide.com.au. You're listening to Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Norton. They're the company that can keep you and your family safe online. It's a new year and our digital generation continues to see a rise in cybercrime and data breaches. Don't leave your devices without protection or your personal information open to exposure. It's time to have a plan to keep your devices and personal information protected. Save your time and money should the unthinkable happen and your devices are at risk to cyber threats like malware, ransomware, or viruses, or your personal information being exposed to cyber criminals looking to trade your details on the dark web. 
Introducing Norton 360 Platinum with device security, a VPN for online privacy, parental controls, and identity protection with dedicated restoration support and dark web monitoring. You have a comprehensive plan in place to help ensure your information stays in private. It's peace of mind for your devices and your identity. With Norton 360 Platinum, if you become a victim of identity theft, you'll have access to their dedicated identity restoration specialists to help you address your identity theft claim and help you resolve it. Norton 360 Platinum is available now at Harvey Norman, JB Hi-Fi, or online at au.norton.com. All your tech questions answered. This is the Tech Guide Help Desk. Yes, it's the Tech Guide Help Desk, and you know that it's sponsored by Belkin, brought to you by our mate at belkin.com forward slash au. Belkin got so many accessories and products, whether it's for charging up your phones, buying great cables, power banks are really popular as well, earphones, they sell a range of audio products as well. Belkin's got you covered. Head over to their website, belkin.com forward slash au. Had a really interesting question on the radio uh, this week, uh, yesterday, and it was all about how it was a, a guy who rang up and said, look, my, I've got a Samsung phone, my wife's got an iPhone, but every time she sends me a photo via message, it's a thumbnail. The quality is rubbish. And this is true. Uh, this is what happens because when you're sending a message, if like uh, Apple has iMessage, right? So if you send iPhone to iPhone, it's fully encrypted either way, full quality, so you get everything. If you send from outside iMessage, so if you go Apple to a Samsung user, in this case the wife sending the husband a photo, then it downgrades the quality of the picture and basically gives you just a really average version or average resolution of the image. Now, the reason for this is because Apple do not want to have their rich communication services with Google. If you go Google to Google now, Android, you'll see RCS on the bottom of the screen, which is basically the Android version of iMessage. So it's encrypted end-to-end. You can see when the the message has been read. You can get full-quality media that you attach to the message. But when when you cross over to another platform, that all goes by the wayside. I did write, I think, last year about... Google actually having a campaign to try to appeal to Apple to join to, together with Google so that rich messaging can be achieved across the board, not just within each of their own platforms. So that's the that was the reason why. But the solution, there is a workaround to this. If you do, and I do this, with, I've been on my Android for, for a couple of months now, so what if my wife wants to send me a full quality image, she sends it to me via WhatsApp. So if you uh, send it through WhatsApp rather than sending it as a message attachment, it's going to get through full resolution. And then from WhatsApp, you're able to save it to your camera roll or do whatever you need to do with it. So that's that's the answer. I think what this whole thing is just pumping up WhatsApp's tires because they're going to become the high-quality agnostic messaging tool uh, that, that is going to get around these sorts of issues. So if, if you are – like I change phones a lot, so I, I, I message people through WhatsApp rather than having to work out the messaging system. I do know how to do it. I text, I text my wife 
and her she always gets my first message whenever I go back or forth from uh, a different smartphone just to make sure that the messages are getting through that I've turned off iMessage or turned it back on again if I'm coming back to iPhone. So there's all these little things you have to do, but WhatsApp's just chugging along in the background and a lot of people are using that now as their default messaging system and this just gives them another reason to do that. So if you are a, a, in a family or a, or a couple that has different brands of phones, if you're Android to iPhone and vice versa, WhatsApp could be your saviour. That is our show for this week. Thank you for getting to this point. That means you've heard the whole show. We appreciate it. If you need to find out about anything we've spoken about on the show, you can find it at techguide.com.au. And we'd love to hear from you. So send us an email at info at techguide.com.au. We would love to hear. And you, you never know, your question could be on the Tech Guide help desk. Or you can click on the Ask Stephen icon, which is on the right-hand side of the page, of the homepage. We want to give a special shout-out to our great sponsors, have been for years, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and also Norton. They're the company that can keep you and your family safe online, and that's something we all need to do. Please give our sponsors some love. They're giving us some great support. We hope you support them as well. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back with another show next week. So until then, stay safe and stay connected. We'll be right back.